to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey in life has taken them since their glory days at NYU. I'm tonight's co-host, Michelle Chow, and I'm a junior from Foster City, California, studying nursing, and I am a current RA in Second Street. And I'm Tom Ellett, your other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you know, you're just an excitable person. The first time I met you, I was so impressed by your energy, that you wanted to be an RA, that you wanted to be a nurse. How do you get all this energy? Honestly, I would say from the coffee that I have in the mornings, I remember when after first having our interview, after I had my interview with you, I was walking through Washington Square and you said hello to me and you were like, hello, Michelle. And I was like, he knows my name. Is this a good thing? Is it bad? <laughs> we was kind of scared for a bit. But for me, the RA profession and nursing, they're both such caring professions, right? So the idea of being able to really be a support system and be able to provide any kind of care in whatever capacity I'm allowed to, to other people, is truly what drives me. So for me, if you look at it, nursing's almost majoring in being an RA. So I couldn't be more excited to pile the workload high with respect to caring for others. How do you like living in the Second Street area? Area. Is it a great place to live? Tom, it's fantastic. The Bowery area with Whole Foods nearby, with the Bowery Mule constantly changing every season. At first, for me, I'm used to living in a larger hall with Gramercy and Lipton, but being in Second Street, it's a smaller community, I realize how tight-knit it is with respect to the residents, with respect to the RA team. I absolutely love Second Street. It's you great. A, you have a good team. Oh, yeah. My, my team's fantastic. We may be a team of eight RAs, but we all get along so well. We're able to support one another. And I, I honestly, I truly couldn't be happier there. And, and why are you in New York City? You know, you're from the, the other coast. Yes, I'm from the West Coast. Which is not the best coast, I hear. Oh, that's absolutely... Tom, I'll have to disagree with you on that. I can't get one through. (laughs) I'm born and raised, so West Coast, best coast for me. Have you adapted to the New York City kind of lifestyle? I think that a lot has changed for me ever since I first came to NYU. I remember thinking going to coast to coast would be no problem. And then I came here and I was like, and it's rush hour and the streets, there's so many people. No one smiles when you walk past. It's true. But I think that, you know, with my time here, I've been able to truly acclimate to the city lifestyle and being in New York City where there's always something new to try, always something new to see. It's so exciting. And I literally came to this university to get out of my comfort zone. And I feel like I was able to do all that and grow even more as a student leader in ways I could not even imagine. And and tonight we have a guest who really kind of focuses on some of the era that you want to, helping people. Yes, yeah, we have a great guest tonight. We are here with Meghna Shaw, who served as an RA and alumni for Heather Cohen and Stacey Ulrich during the 2006 to 2007 academic year. Welcome, Meghna, and thank you for joining us today. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you and where are you? I'm doing really well. I'm in Seattle, Washington, and we are snowed in because this is one of the biggest snow dumps in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully you're safe and sound. Ten or so inches, did I say? Being outside, I'm sure that's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's right. That's right. So welcome to the show. And tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since you graduated from NYU. A lot, actually. I've lived in four different cities since I graduated. 
I started out in a career in the nonprofit sector working in philanthropy in New York. It was my first job out of college. And then I moved to India to work in a slum on a fellowship through the American India Foundation. While I was there, I actually kind of pivoted and decided I wanted to go into medicine. So I moved to Baltimore to do pre-med requirements, then to Ann Arbor to do medical school. And now I am finishing my residency in Seattle. Fantastic. Congratulations. It's such a long road. That's amazing. I actually have a question for you. When you were here at NYU then, since you had that career change to go into medicine later down the road. What did you study here during your time at NYU? Great question. I was a metropolitan studies and French major. And so I spent a lot of my time doing coursework, either in the field using New York City as my classroom, or I studied abroad for a semester, got to explore architecture and city organizations and nonprofit organizations as well. So you're a real testament to somebody who says you don't necessarily have to be doing what you study while you're an undergrad. No. And in fact, I really appreciated my liberal education because I think it taught me to ask good questions. And I think my graduate education taught me to find the answers. Fantastic. What were you involved in extracurricularly while you were here on Washington Square? I think I worked almost every semester that I was there. And also I was in the orchestra. But I don't think I really got involved in the NYU community until maybe later towards my RA year. Can I ask, what instrument did you play? I played the oboe. Oh, you played the (laughs) oboe. Wow, I played cello for nine years. That's crazy. What was it like to be in the orchestra? It was fun because the NYU community orchestra drew from all of the graduate programs And there were people there who were undergrad, people who were in PhD programs. You just met this wider campus community that I don't think we really have access to as undergraduates. You're mostly in your department. So it was a fantastic experience. So tell me, Magna, did you always want to be an RA while you were an undergrad here? No, I didn't know it was a job until I was coming back from my semester abroad, I had studied in Paris, and many of my friends were applying at that time. And I thought to myself, oh, this seems cool. I mean, it's free housing, but also there's, you know, (laughs) there's all this other stuff that you can get involved in. So I thought it was really awesome. I ended up finding out more about the process as we did the rally sort of training program. There was leadership training that was part of that. There was this excellent community and helping to build that in a place that I think can sometimes feel really anonymous was really helpful. Absolutely. And you glossed over it so casually. I have to ask, how was Paris? Oh my gosh, I loved Paris. I got to really improve my French. That was one big piece of it. But I also made some of the best friends that I've ever made in my life during my semester abroad. They're actually still my very good friends. My friend Jill lives in Seattle and recruited me here, kind of, because she was studying for her MPH at the University of Washington when I decided to apply for residency. That's great to hear that you've rekindled with, with folks that you went abroad with over in Paris. Let's talk a little bit about the community and alumni. What was it like to be an RA in Alumni Hall, and what kind of relationships did you have with your residents? That was the most amazing experience of my four years of undergrad. I found this incredible community of other RAs 
who became my closest friends in undergrad. And then also that was a time during which NYU had shifted their housing structure so that more underclassmen were living closer to campus. Previously, in order to be in a single room, you had to kind of be a senior, right? You had to be at the top of the housing lottery. And so it was interesting to have that shift and have younger residents move in second years and third years who were um, really looking for more of a community. I think that was one fun thing that we we got to do a lot of events and we're in a really busy part of the village area. And then the other piece of it was having the experience of kind of being in charge and really learning to, to tread lightly on that because I felt like Sometimes if people broke the rules, I didn't want to get them in trouble, but I did want to let them know that this was, you know, not something to do. And so learning how to be in charge in a way that was compassionate, if you will, was something interesting that I got to I got to learn about. No, yeah, that's awesome. And as a current RA, I'm curious to know if you stay connected with any of your residents or staff members to date. None of the residents, but I do keep in touch with some of our staff at 7A. No, that's awesome. That's so good to hear. So back in the day in alumni, what were the biggest issues that were happening on campus that you were able to kind of see and experience? That's a great question. It was such an interesting time because 2006-7 was sort of the beginnings of the housing crisis. At that time, Washington Square Park was going to go under renovation. We were the last class, I think, to graduate in the park. And gentrification was a major issue for all of lower Manhattan. It was kind of fascinating to be an urban studies major at that time because there was so much tension between the changing landscape of New York City. I'll give you a really good example. So you're in Ari at 2nd Street. I think CBGB actually closed down sometime that year. I had no idea. I'm a student here now in the same neighborhood geographically, but in such a later time. So to hear from other students and get that perspective on how much it's changed in literally less than 10 years alone, I think is absolutely insane. One thing that I'm curious about, you know, with respect to, I guess, your major in NYU, but also what you ended up going into with medicine today, being an RA, were there any skills you were able to take from this job and apply it to your role in, I guess, your residency right now? You know, people don't talk about this, but the role of a doctor is to make decisions and lead a team. And we do that all day. And to be put in a position that gave me really good leadership skills, or at least an introduction to how to work with other people, communicate really well, learn to compromise, listen. And then also, you know, like I gave you that example of maybe not wanting to get someone in trouble, really seeing things from other people's perspectives and the downstream consequences of any particular action. All of that was such an important experience in my life and stuff that I still apply today. Magna, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you were mentioning about being on a team. I think a lot of people will think that if they become a physician, a doctor in a hospital, they're kind of a solo act. How are you a part of a team in the hospital setting? As a senior resident, I'm often charged with running a team that includes two intern physicians, probably medical students. And then we also work with nursing and social work and physical therapy and occupational therapy and all of these other support services that help our patients get better. And so learning how to juggle those different perspectives and potentially competing priorities, right, with 
what the healthcare team needs and what the patient needs and their family might need. Bringing all of that together is really an important part of the job. And I think that's also true if you're not actually in the hospital. If you're in an office-based practice, you're still working in a team. You often have a nurse and a pharmacist and a social worker. You may be working with mental health and, you know, balancing someone's physical health. There are always other doctors who are involved in the management of your more complicated patients. So it really is a team sport. No, I absolutely loved your answer just because even in nursing school right now, we're talking about how much we need to emphasize and reiterate the idea of collaborative management of care and making sure that the goals are truly patient-centered. I wanted to know more about what made you pick throughout your residency process, what made you interested in going into general medicine specifically? So it's a great scope of practice. I think the People in the general medicine service during my medical school rotations were often the ones who had the most holistic perspective of the patient, could sort of zoom out and see the patient in their context with their family and understand what their life might have been like before this episode of illness. And they were also the physicians who were managing the opinions of specialists who were mostly focused on a particular organ or system. And so I really liked that holistic perspective. I think that if you're one of those people who likes to do a little bit of everything, having, you know, the ability to dabble in all of the organ systems is great. And then also most specialists that I have encountered usually get the diagnosis handed to them by a different physician, right? Or there's a specific question that they're being asked. But if you really enjoy detective work and trying to figure out why something happened, being a generalist is a great job. No, that's so good to hear. For me, because I'm in like in school right now, I'm kind of at a point where I'm not exactly 100% sure of the specialty that I want to go into. So I think that hearing your perspective on the whole detective work process of being in general medicine, I, I really appreciate that. But with residency, with personal life and professional life, all of that, how do you balance your workload with respect to your work-life balance? I'm not sure that there is a good work-life balance while you're in residency, if I'm really honest with you. I think that that changes as you graduate. And there are certainly people who are non-traditional who have done part of their life has already kind of happened, if you will. And then they're going back to school and balancing training with that. And that's tough too. But for myself, I have ended up focusing a lot more on getting my training done. Earlier in your career, you talked about being in India working for a nonprofit, I believe. What was it like to be abroad for a period of time away from the United States? And what kind of transition was that for you personally and professionally? That was the first time I left New York in my whole life, and it was socially very difficult for me because I had just never been away from my environment and this city that I knew very well, and it opened my eyes to the world. I had never considered what kind of skill set I wanted to have to interact with the world, and I was tasked with doing this food security project, asking day laborers how they were buying food and where they were getting it. And finding out that for many people, they only ate on the days when they worked. And because I was coming in as an outsider, even though I spoke the language and I looked sort of familiar, people often said to me, you know, you're not giving us anything. You're taking information from us. 
And that really was a moment when I stepped back and I was like, I need a skill. I need to be able to offer people something and to have a skill like medicine where I could go pretty much any community in the world and know that I'll have something useful to be able to give them. That's an incredible feeling. That's impressive, too, for you at such a young age to gather yourself up and and leave and do something quite like that. In terms of the nonprofit world, what what are the challenges of working in that kind of environment? And if you had to do it again, would there be anything you would do differently? The nonprofit sector is really interesting. And I didn't realize this, but philanthropy is sort of a tool or vehicle from which people can take money that they would have paid in taxes and reap a tax benefit from directing it towards causes that are important to them. So it's interesting, right? I think it kind of raises this question in your mind of, is this really where our need is? And the good example that I could give you is at the time that I was working in New York, David Rockefeller, I believe, had just given his alma mater a $100 million donation. And someone brought up the point, I mean, I think this was in the New York Times as well, but someone had brought up the point that what if that money had gone to CUNY, right? And what if we had used it to expand city universities or community colleges where people who otherwise wouldn't have access to a college education would be able to have those things, as opposed to giving that money to a place that is already extremely wealthy and has many resources. What do you think you're most proud of in your career to date? And this could be with respect to your career and time in your undergraduate, and it can also be with respect to your medical career. It's interesting. I think it's the persistence. Once I realized that I needed to do this job, I don't think I let anything get in the way of that. For example, when I was in my fourth year of medical school, I broke an engagement and I was told by my school at the time, they were like, you know, you're not doing well. We think you should quit. We don't think that you are going to get into good programs for your residency. And I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, I can choose to listen to this, but I don't have to. And I ended up getting fantastic interviews all over the country and ended up in my first choice program that is very well ranked. And now at the point of applying for jobs, my first job after this decade of training, I'm surprised to find that I'm sought after and recruited all over the country by really powerful institutions. And they're recruiting me not just for my skills as a clinician, but also for my values. And never lose those values. And I know you won't. When you think about where you are today, What is it you want to leave as a lasting legacy for wherever it is that you end up working? I really believe in the power of medicine as a tool for social justice. I think that we work hard for our degrees, and so we have this position of privilege in a community and can often give voice to people who don't otherwise have a voice or have political clout or strength. And so If I could contribute that, that would be the thing that I would want 
to do. I absolutely love your message about social justice and medicine. I truly wish you luck in your future endeavors with respect to your career and, and your life, truly. As we transition into the beginning of the end of the interview, time flies. Do you still stay in contact with other RA alums? If so, tell us who, because this is your shout out time. Oh, that's great. So I stay in touch with Kat Ryan, who has three kids now, I think, and with Emma, and I haven't been in touch with Deshaun for a while, but I think about him. I'm in touch with Beardju, who is a Second Street RA, and I think I've lost contact with a lot of other people, but I know Jess did an interview with you guys as well, so... Yeah, those are those are my shout outs. And then, of course, to Heather and Stacey. You know, it's really impressive how many RAs go on to do wonderful, exciting and impactful things like you. Let's jump into our speed round. All righty. First question. Favorite tradition at NYU? Definitely Strawberry Fest. I was featured on the website for the NYU. I don't know, their general website, my picture during Strawberry Fest. So really excited about that. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Favorite NYU professor? Oh, Danny Walkowitz. He would lay it down for you. He would just tell you how it was. Best dining hall. Palladium brunch on the weekend. It's still pretty good. (laughs) Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Parker Posey one time downtown and then Paul Newman one time uptown. Guilty pleasure while at NYU. You know what? Mamoons had this hummus cup with lemon juice in it that was fantastic. Sounds so good. And finally, what is your most memorable RA experience? We did this career program series that I think was actually really well received. Tom Ellett was featured in it. I remember it well. (laughs) I do. It was a week week long of events. It was fantastic. We brought in people from all sorts of different jobs, and we even had a fashion show. And I think Tom Ellett was our judge. So (laughs) I did. I did. It was a great program. Really well turned out, too, for alumni at the time. And, you know, you were right. You talked earlier about that whole issue of the room selection process changing. No one here knows that, uh, you know, and you would be surprised at Second Street right now, there's a, a Whole Foods right down the street from wow. it. Wow. Very different than when you were here, Megan. You could hiccup, cough, roll across the street, and that's Whole Foods. Absolutely. It's two blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient. Very different place. Last question I have for you. When you think about your experience at NYU being in a non-bubble campus, I call it, a place that has no boundaries. Do you ever look back and say, hmm, I kind of wish I went to one of those gated campuses that had the football team and all of that stuff? I have been on those campuses now for three parts of my training, and I would never replace what I got at NYU with that experience. It was just an incredible thing to be able to touch and taste and be in the city. Well, we are glad to hear that. Well, Magna, thanks so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where life after NYU has taken you. As always, thank you to our listeners who stay connected with our alums who are living in the Dream School alumni version life. Magna, you are a special person doing special work. We are blessed to have had you here and benefit from alums like you who are really giving back to community. So thank you for being on with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Truly, truly. Special thanks to our engineer, Juliana Fonseca Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU who assisted these great RAs in skill acquisition along the way, like Heather Cohen and Stacey Ulrich. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know Ari's favorite books, I still read them at whatthey'reading.blogspot.com. 
And finally, feel free to tweet at me if you want a shout out. Until next time, remember, we all have a responsibility in making our communities better.